I've taken the last point of this morning's message and turned it into a message of its own, uh, the title of which is going to be the Prophet of Proverbs, which was the third point of the message from this morning. Uh, so uh, there'll be three other points underneath the title now, uh, but we just did a little bit of work and, and uh, there's obviously more there than we could possibly share. So I uh, just want to uh, be sure that it's uh, beneficial. We see here in verse number 7, 8, and 9, that is the main text for tonight where the thoughts to be drawn from, we see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge that's very similar to another verse in chapter 9 and verse number 10 where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom, yes, that would probably be what we're more familiar with, and if you aren't careful, at least I find myself sometimes reading that one and throwing wisdom in there because it's so ingrained in my mind, but it does say knowledge here, and it's, it, it's notable. He says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. This morning we did look at the beginning thoughts here, really dealing with the reason that Proverbs was written. Uh, the, the, the word to there, that for this purpose in the six things that uh, he gave us in the beginning verses here. We know that wisdom is needed, it's wisdom's desire. That was really the focus of this morning's message is maybe to remind us how much wisdom, how often we lack wisdom and need God's wisdom to get us through life. Let me just remind you that Christ is wisdom personified. He was wisdom and he came and dwelt among us. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse number 30 he says, But but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Christ Jesus of God was made unto us wisdom. He is wisdom personified. We know uh, that He is the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This book is wisdom, and Jesus Christ was this book. He is the very Word of God. He is uh, wisdom personified. So the reason I'm pointing that out is when Paul was stating an ambition that he had that was a foundational desire of his heart, when he said that I may know him, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, what he was saying is that I may know wisdom. That I may know wisdom. This is the Christmas season. And that old Christmas uh, banner that you see sometimes maybe painted on a piece of wood or uh, on 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 a paper banner printed for Christmas that says, wise men still seek him. That is very true. As true today as it ever was, those that are wise will seek him. So we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10, where that comes from, there's a second aspect of wisdom that's mentioned. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of the Lord. He says that in verse number 7 of our text that we're reading here tonight. He says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. There's two aspects there of wisdom. But can I tell you that without the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of the Lord, wisdom is not possible. You might be smart. 
You might be very intellectual as a person and maybe even successful in society, but the wisdom of the Lord, that wisdom that comes from God, cannot be present without the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we want to look at these truths, that truth, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, those who walk in wisdom are going to do right. That, to put it in this morning's terms, they're going to... uh, behave rightly. They're going to make right decisions. Why? Because wisdom is being exercised in their life. The wise young man is going to honor his mother and father. The wise young lady is going to choose the right spouse. The wise person is going to shun evil companions. You know, if you're, obviously as a parent... It's our job to help protect and guide our children, and and we should. But do you know if, if what's, what's a problem sometimes is that we tend to focus on the fruit instead of the root. The fruit is that you quite often find your child spending time with the wrong kind of person. And so as a parent, we say, okay, you can't hang around them or you can't be with this person or you need to avoid them. That's the fruit. The root is that the, the child lacks wisdom because the Bible says good, good, evil communication corrupt good manners. And so that wisdom would be there if the child had some wisdom, he would be making the choice to avoid that person without you as a parent saying so. So what I'm saying is that as parents, we need to really try and work towards making sure our kids have wisdom. The wise young adult is going to work hard at his job. He's going to be faithful. He's going to be on time. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be there when he doesn't want to be there. He's going to prosper. Why? Because he's wise. The wise parent will bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we could go on and on. But we need to be less concerned with the fruit and more concerned with the root, and that is the lack of wisdom that's present many times. We see here, first of all, the beginning of wisdom. For point number one, the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 and verse number 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is not even going to start to show itself until there's fear of God. You know, if one day down the road... I want Melissa to choose the right kind of man. I want her to find a, a godly young man that's going to love her and care for her and treat her right and do, do right. Then what she needs to do is she needs to have the fear of the Lord in her heart right now. It's too late for Alicia. She's already chosen a bum. But um, <laughs> Oh, no. Did I say that out loud? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it was live streamed? Oh, no. <laughs> We're in trouble. No, he's a good guy. I definitely wouldn't have given my support uh, if, if he wasn't. And uh, she's, made, she's made a good choice. But, you know, I think it was pretty evident that that exercise of wisdom in Alicia's life a long time ago. And so as parents, if our goal and desire down the road is for our child to uh, use or display wisdom, what we need to do is start to impart or get them to fear God. You know, um, I was looking around trying to see who to pick on. <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's pretty foolish for us to continue in sin when we know. You see, a wise person, the Bible says a wise person is going to depart from evil. And it's, it's pretty foolish for us to continue in sin, to continue to do wrong when we know that God is there, we know that God is going to judge that, we know that it's not wise to do so, but it's a lack of wisdom that causes us to continue to do that. In Job chapter 28, 28, he says, And unto man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Depart from evil, that is understanding. The fear of the Lord is wisdom, and departing from evil is understanding. There's those that they lack understanding, they lack the fear of the Lord when they'll continue in sin, when they'll continue to do wrong, when they'll continue down a path that they know God is not pleased with. The fool despises wisdom. He rejects God's authority in his life. The fool is said in his heart, there is no God. And we should not be shocked about that. The fool is somebody who's out in the world. They don't believe in God at all. And that should not shock us to, to know that it's even more and more prevalent in society today that so many say there is no God. But what should be very concerning to us, beloved, is when God's people live like there is no God. They live without the fear of the Lord. They're living their life without departing from evil, without fearing God, as if God was not there. And that is living like the foolish. The fool despises wisdom and instruction, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To fear God is not something that we're going to do naturally. You know, I have a natural fear of snakes. I just don't like them. I've been watching these people in Florida. You know, they got a big problem down there with the pythons. What, not python. What is it? Is it the python? That they, they, you know, the people that had them, they grew too big and they let them go. And then, and then now Florida is overrun with them. Well, there's people down there catching those pythons, like average people like you and me, out there grabbing those pythons by the neck and wrestling them and stuff. I'm like, you guys are nuts, man. <laughs> I got more common sense than that, uh, grabbing a python. And it's amazing, they'll, they'll catch these, these snakes. But I got a natural fear of snakes. But you know, to fear God is not natural. It's not something that's going to be there. You say, how do you, how do you know that? Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 29. Proverbs chapter 1 and 29. He says, for they that hated knowledge and did not choose, what's the next five words? the fear of the Lord. You see, there was a choice made there to fear God. There's a choice in our heart. We have to acknowledge who God is and that he is ultimately the authority, the creator of the universe, the savior of our soul, and the ruler, the king of our lives. And we have to say, okay, I understand who God is and that I'm accountable to him. So I am going to fear him. It's not something that just happens naturally. We have to make a point to fear him. It's something that we have to work at Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5, we, we read it this morning dealing with the idea that uh, our, our last point there, that it is something that we ought to, what was the word that goes with that, the last verse, the last point this morning? Discovery, that we've got to discover the rich truths that are in the word of God, that we've got to seek after it, we've got to want it, we've got to purpose our heart to try and go after it. Well, he says there, my son, if thou wilt, re wilt receive my words, you see the choice there, the decision, 
and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. He's saying, incline your ear, saying, okay, yeah, I want to hear this, kids. When your parents are talking, you ought to incline your ear. You ought to be listening. Incline your ear, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom, and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lifted up thy voice for understanding. He's saying something that you got to choose to do, you got a purpose to do, and to go after you know, you need to teach, we need to teach our kids how to fear God. How is it that Joseph, even though he was taken into captivity and put into a foreign land and in very extreme circumstances, but you see in the life of Joseph as a young man over and over and over again, he makes right choices. Even in the face of great temptation, he's able to avoid that. Why? Why is that? Because somewhere along the line, when he was quite a young boy, his father instilled wisdom into his heart. And he had a fear of God. So that even though he wasn't at home and mom and dad weren't standing right there, mom and dad weren't directly over the top of him watching what he's going to do, he had a fear of God and knew God was watching. And he said, okay, what do I need to do? This is what God would want. This is what I'm going to do. And he responded correctly. So we've got to work to give our kids the fear of the Lord because one day mom and dad's authority is not going to be present. One day mom and dad's uh, rule in your heart is not going to be enough. And so you have to come to the place, young people, where you fear God and have that relationship and acknowledge who God is in your life. Let me just say just practically, parents, you can teach your kids to have respect for God and to fear God with simple, practical things, depending upon how old they are, but just little things. You want to teach him how to, how to treat God's word. God's word is special. You don't, you don't walk into the house and just throw God's word. You don't stand on or sit on God's word. You, you, you teach them when you, when you observe as a parent, when you see them go outside and they drop it down on the ground because they want to go play, you, you pull them back and say, no, that's not how we treat God's word. And you teach them, you pick that up and put it on the counter, treat, that, treat God's word with respect. You begin at a very young age teaching them to fear God and who God is, to respect God. Teach them to stay awake in church. Don't let your kids color in church. Church is not color time. Teach them to stay awake and to be alert and to observe and, uh, you know, to listen. And I know that what's being taught here is, is above their level. And it's, it's hard. I understand. You say, Pastor Caleb, your kids are all grown and you don't have that problem. Well, can I remind you they weren't born this way? <laughs> okay. They were younger. Those of you that have been here a while, you remember Melissa waddling around <laughs> the, the auditorium, right? She just walking up to everybody, you know, she would always waddle. Uh, you remember when they were that age? And we didn't let them color in church, and we didn't let them sleep in church, and we didn't let them leave church to go to the bathroom. What? Yeah, nope. They learned. Very rarely did any one of my kids ever have to leave church to go to the bathroom. It's not that hard to teach them to do that. Now, it takes work on you as a parent. Before church starts, you have to be thinking and saying, okay, did you use the restroom? 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 Oh, you're not mine. Did you use the restroom? <laughs> you know, you got to go through them all and make sure you got to remind them and all that kind of stuff. Now, ultimately, they learn it on their own. 
You shouldn't have to remind them, but, you know, that means you got to make sure they get a nap in the afternoon. You're going to feel bad spanking them later because they slept in church when you didn't get them a nap. So that, that's a small thing, but what I'm telling you, teach them to respect God with those practical things. Teach them that their disobedience to you is not about you. It's about being disobedient to God because God has said to honor your mother and father. It's about how they've transgressed God's law. Teach them how you as a parent respond correctly when tragedy or hardship comes into your life and you point to God instead of lose control. This is ways that you can teach them as kids how to fear God. As a parent, you can do great and bountiful blessing to your home when you teach your children how to fear God. Don't turn there. I'm just going to read Psalms 112, verse number 2. He says, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be, well, shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. You know, I didn't read verse number 11. I don't have it uh, right here, but uh, it talks about the fear of the Lord. And uh, you want your kids to be able to take care of you when you're old? He says here that wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. Teach him to fear God. Teach him to fear God. This is what we need to do. It, it begins, the beginning of wisdom is fearing the Lord. Then I want you to see the building of wisdom in verse number 8 and 9. The building of wisdom is, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Not only is the fear of God acquired, um, not only, sorry, is wisdom acquired through the fear of the Lord. That's just where it starts. This is where it begins. But wisdom is acquired by following the leaders in your life. It begins and starts with mom and dad. The leaders that are mentioned here in verse number 8 and 9 is mom and dad. Listen to, mo to mom and dad, young man. Listen to mom and dad, young lady. This is what we're to do. God wants you to hold your parents in high regard. Amen, Stephen? Is your dad perfect? No, just close to it, right? <laughs> or mom's close to it. Dad's still working. <laughs> mom and dad aren't going to be perfect, but that's not, what the, that not, not, not the standard that God holds them to. They're, they're doing their best. You, you should look and regard mom and dad highly. Why? Because they're mom and dad. Because that's what God said to do. Honor thy mother and thy father. You should follow their instruction to the best of your ability. This is going to help you. It'll help you in life. I talked this morning about how you can accumulate knowledge, the knowledge that you need for life, and one of the greatest sources is your mom and dad. Helping, they'll help you for life instead of you having to go through the school of hard knocks. You know, if you don't think anything about questioning mom and dad, it's a very short step to where you're questioning God. If you'll call into question the authority that mom and dad have over you and that they're trying to lead you in your life and you're just going to question that, it's a very short step to you questioning the authority of God in your life. This is the beginning for many people that have been uh, ended up in prison. Our prisons are full of people that were never taught to respect authority. And that begins in a home. How you respond and respect mom and dad is foundational for your life. You should call mom and dad, mom and dad. 
What I'm saying is, it's a little old-fashioned, but you don't refer to him as the old man or the old lady. doesn't matter how old you are or how old they are. That's not how you refer to mom and dad. That's disrespectful. By the way, you don't call them Rob and Rosalina or whatever your parents' names are. You, You call them mom and dad. Because that shows respect. Referring to people by their first name is a familiarity that kids do not need to have with their parents. They need to respect mom and dad. I wouldn't walk up to a judge and say, hey, how you doing, Jim? No, it's yes, your honor. You, you, you treat them with respect because of the position they've been put in and understanding that God has put your mom and dad in the position that they're in. You older kids, I'm talking teenagers, don't let other kids talk bad about their mom and dad. That should be a big warning for you. If you you are around kids and they're talking bad about their mom and dad, that's a warning for you that that's not the kid you want to hang around. You teens that are within the the realm of, of thinking about and considering getting married someday down the road. I'm not going to put a time frame on any of that, but uh, listen, if you, if you start getting interested in a young man or a young lady and they're talking bad about their mom and dad, run. That right there is a big warning sign for you. Like that's not the person you want to be with. They don't have a right relationship with the authority that's in their life. If you're going to get wisdom, it begins by fearing the Lord and it's built by honoring and fearing the authority that God has put into your life, having a proper relationship with that authority. Yes, the authority starts with God. It includes your mom and dad, and I believe by extension, it includes the other authorities that God has put into your life. God has ordained all the authorities that are in your life. This thing of the disrespect that people have for police today, it's ridiculous. I wish they would give some more authority to the police and let them start locking people up for it. Of course, then the jails would all be all overflowing. Uh, They're overflowing anyway, and we're not even doing that. But you'd have a lot less problems. Respecting the authority. That's what he says here. He says, look at the blessing of it. He says in verse number 9, For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. This is something that is is a great blessing to you if you'll do it. So I want you to see, lastly, the blessing of wisdom. And we're going to turn to a bunch of passages of Scripture here, all in Proverbs. But the, the, what I'm doing here is the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. Right. You guys, are, you guys are engaged. You're listening. That's good. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the book of Proverbs and see the places that the book of Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord and what it does for us. Obviously, that's the beginning of wisdom. But if we're exercising and displaying wisdom, if we're fearing God like we should, these things will be present in our life, and they're a great blessing to us. So the first one is in Proverbs 8, verse number 13. First of all, we see that it will foster a sensitivity to sin. We're talking about that in Sunday school, how necessary it is to have a sensitivity to sin. And he says here in Proverbs 8, verse number 13, he says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. 
The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. When you fear God as you should, you'll despise sin as you should. You'll have a sensitivity to sin, pride and arrogancy in the evil way. In the forward mouth, do I hate? He says, hey, when you fear God, you'll be sensitive to sin like God wants you to be. If we're gaining wisdom like we should, we will start to hate sin like we should. The child that never fears God is on his way to a destroyed life, to being involved in many sins that he never thought he would be involved in. Why? Because he hasn't learned to fear God and therefore he hasn't learned to hate evil. So it makes his sensitivity to sin. Secondly, uh, look at Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 23. Proverbs 19 and 23. We see here it feeds a sense of satisfaction. You want to have satisfaction in your life? It, it, that, it almost seems opposite. You think, boy, I'm fearing God. I'm going to be less satisfied in life. I'm going to be, you know, the idea of, you know, this image of God just standing up in heaven waiting with a bat to, 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 to beat you over the head. That's not what it is. It's a fear of disappointing him. It's a fear of doing wrong, knowing that he can and will judge you for doing wrong. But that love that's in your heart is a much greater pull than the fear of him punishing you. You don't want to disappoint him. But he says here, it, it feeds a sense of satisfaction. And see in Proverbs 19, verse number 23, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it, he that has the fear of the Lord, shall abide satisfied. Shall abide satisfied. So if we'll learn to fear the Lord, if we'll desire it so that we can have the wisdom we should have, you'll live a satisfied life. Listen, if you know somebody that's never satisfied... No, no somebody that can never express gratitude or thankfulness. No somebody that's never happy with their life. They haven't learned to fear God. If nothing ever good enough for them, they haven't learned to fear God. Because the fear of the Lord brings satisfaction. He shall abide satisfied. We see also, look in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 26. It brings a strong sense of security. A strong sense of security. Proverbs 14, 26. He says, the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, is strong confidence. It brings, brings a sense of security in your life. It brings a level of confidence in your life. You know, the young man that fears God is going to be confident. In himself, in his abilities, in the decisions that he's making, in the directions that he's heading. He's going to be confident. I'm glad tonight that the Lord is my refuge. I'm glad tonight that I don't need a self-help book to tell me that I'm special. I know that I'm a child of God and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And although I'm not all I wish I could be, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to be able to bench press 300 pounds or even 100 pounds. Amen. <laughs> but it would be great. But hey. The fact, I'm not maybe all that I want to be, but I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm a child of the King, joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. And when, when you fear God, you have a level of confidence that doesn't come from you. It comes from your Heavenly Father. Amen. One of the reasons so many young people lack confidence and are struggling with anxiety and are not sure what they're going to do in their life and how they're going to make it through is because they haven't learned to fear God. That confidence isn't present in their life. We see in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 27. 
Proverbs 14, number 27, that it brings safety from the snares of Satan. Fearing the Lord. I mean, that makes pretty, pretty good sense that it brings safety from that. In 1427, he says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Fearing God will keep you from going down a road you shouldn't go down. The fear of God will keep you from uh, stepping into a snare of the devil who wants to trap you. Satan might have the upper hand in this situation in your life, but because you fear God, you're not going to take that step. Just before church today, um, Rihanna, I'm like, I'm like, come on. So this is the bane of my existence. This is my thorn in the flesh, my memory. Rihanna was here with her beautiful, lovely daughter. And daughter was playing on this front step, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And apparently, Rihanna told me this after the fact, uh, she knows she's not supposed to get up on the wood. And so she was going back and forth and back and forth. And, and then she went like this with her knee, put her knee on the wood and then looked at mom. She was looking to see if mom was going to say, you know better. That is, you know you're not supposed to be on there. She knew what she was doing. Those, even that little of a child knows they're pushing the line. But what she was doing, she's looking to see how mom was going to respond. When you have that fear present in your heart, when you're looking to go do this step that you know you shouldn't do, and you look back at God and, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay, I'll stay away from that. It brings safety from the snares of the devil. It also is the foundation for success. Look in Proverbs 15.33. Proverbs 15.33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. The honor that God wants to bring in your life comes through humility. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. The success that the early church had was rooted in the fear of God. A church, a people that want to experience and see success, they're going to fear God. Let me read for you Acts chapter 9, verse number 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and ratified and walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost and were multiplied. The success they had as an early church was because they feared God. If you want to have success in your life, you need to fear God. It is the foundation for success. It is the beginning of wisdom. These are the things that I found that are the benefits or the blessings of going after wisdom. We get wisdom by fearing God. So in Proverbs, these are things that are the blessings of fearing God. All the blessings of wisdom and of fearing God are yours today if you want them. It's a choice. We, we make that choice. We read the verse in 129. Choose to fear God. Choose to have that in your life. Proverbs 3 verse number 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. 
Proverbs 23, 17 says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Proverbs 24, verse number 1, My son, fear the Lord. We could go on. This, this book of wisdom, over and over and over and over again, says to fear God. And I think by and large, the church today has lost the fear of the Lord. And that's why we lack wisdom. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? We know in our heart that it's the best way to go. We know that God wants what's best for us. There's no question about that. We know that. We know in our heart that we're accountable to God. How foolish is it then for us to continue to live like there is no God? If we don't want to live that way, then we need to fear him. Fear the Lord.